It's the DC Tweet Team Podcast. I'm Jonathan Oswin, of course, joined by Maurice Hawkins. And usually, I, Maurice, is it just me? But it feels like that there's three things in life that are guaranteed. Death, taxes, and Daniel Snyder's doing something stupid. And we've got a little bit to talk about over the last week. We had a whole week off. And I figured no news would be made. And then sure enough, when there is no news, there is definitely news. And so let's talk about all of the allegations, the reports, the speculation that is involving the Washington commanders, potentially a former employee accusing the commander of having multiple books, uh, multiple accounting books. Uh, potentially ripping off other NFL owners. And if this is the last stand of one Daniel M. Snyder. So Maurice, how have you been? Uh, I've been well, you know, uh, you know, missed, you know, not talking last week, you know, took a brief break, uh, did watch a lot of college basketball. And then who are you pulling uh, for? Oh man, I was UNC the whole way, man. So yeah. so close, but yet so far. So close. I guess they, you know, I mean, it, we are just a state over from uh, Atlanta and Georgia, and mm-hmm. you know, when you blow a, a a surefire win as they did, it just it kind of brings you back to that Super Bowl victory by the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, it just it's so disheartening. Yeah, yeah, it was disheartening. But, you know, they had a great run. I mean, they definitely made the tournament exciting for me to watch. So, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Hubert Davis and his staff and all players. Yeah, they'll be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But let's get back to talking about this mess known as Dan Snyder's ownership of the Washington Commanders. So, (laughs) good God. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and I guess we don't have to speculate too too much but there is a mm-hmm. great thread out there by one stephanie weissenberger and i've reached mm-hmm. out to her and hopefully she can join us she is an uh, ip attorney and sports attorney and uh you can find her at s weissenberger underscore on twitter and i guess she's probably on tiktok because who isn't mm-hmm. um but what i find interesting about this whole thing is this is related to the house oversight committee and former employees like as uh, I think Megan Imbert has uh, testified there and others who have um, who have uh, you know made allegations against the owner and the management regarding the sexual harassment that took place there this is like a whole nother story right because this is alleging that Washington the Washington Commanders have been operating, um, operating, I guess, with two separate set of financial statements as a way to not share the appropriate amount of revenue that they're generating from the games with the other owners. You're supposed to give 40% of your gate revenue to your owners as part of a profit sharing agreement. And that apparently hasn't happened. So what the first thing that kind of stood out to me was this. Have we even had like enough money to come in like the last few years from people <laughs> in the stands that you would even notice? Like, you know, like if, if you shorted me 
a few hundred thousand dollars, which I'm assuming that's probably the case, right? Like every game mm. is like a few hundred thousand dollars. Like it's just now coming out that this was a thing. Like how did nobody catch on to this until now? Like, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, bizarre that this story is even out there and that it, it kind of makes you question just the whole forensic auditing policies of the National Football League more broadly and, you know, Washington commanders specifically, because if there's one thing we know about these NFL owners, they're about their money. Yeah. So the fact that this potentially was overlooked or maybe not even overlooked that the, the, the tactics that were used to conceal these two uh, bookkeeping operations, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, it's, it's impressive, but it's also, but not in a good way, uh, just impressive that they would even think to go down this type of venture to save money or hide money, you know, it's, you know, it, it reeks of some criminality, you know, when you think about it, when, I mean, anytime you're, you know, you got two sets of books. I mean, that's like uh, Andy Dufresne from, uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, what, what was that? Shawshank B- Redemption. Shawshank Redemption type stuff yeah, right there. You know exactly. what I mean? So, um, I mean, it just seems like what Daniel Snyder is that just when you think you've gotten to the bottom, he sows a hole at the bottom of the barrel and you drop even further, you know, and then you don't know is, is if it's true or is the speculation. But he, I mean, if it's true, it's bad. If it's speculation, it's like he has so many people throwing daggers out of him. It's not even funny. And it just, you know, and we've talked about this several times, you know, on the pod. And I'm just thoroughly convinced that there's a cottage industry that is hell bent on getting Dan Snyder out of the NFL. You know, it's almost like um, Sir, Sir Sir Edmund Hillary trying to climb Mount Everest or, uh, uh, or Commander Perry trying to get to the South Pole or, you know, Chuck Yeager trying to break the sound barrier, you know, getting Dan Snyder to give up the Washington franchise it seems to be uh, a, a mission by a lot of people. Uh, he clearly took Mike Florio's milk money as a child because Mike Florio lives, breathes, eats, sleeps, writing horrible stories about Dan Snyder. So, you know, where they say where there's smoke, there's fire. The question is, how big is the fire? Okay. I All right. I hear you on that. Like how much of this is just kind of the typical haterade? How much of it is real? Mm-hmm. But I kind of stand back and say, kind of like your whole, you know, if there's smoke, there's fire, is that there would not be a story if there was not issue. You don't hear these stories with other owners in the league, no. right? You'll hear other owners uh, with an 80,000-seat stadium that can barely fill it with 35,000 fans. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in the worst, like, only Jacksonville has lower fan attendance. And they're a terrible franchise, in a city that has just nothing seen nothing but bad football and Washington is second to that like Washington DC like the sixth largest media market in the country so you think they would do better right right I wonder if how much of this is the NFL going to act 
if this is if this is indeed true, right? Do the does the NFL look at this and say, okay, this is bad? The other owners finally come to their senses and say, yep, this is bad because it's infecting it's it's impacting their money. But how much does the NFL look at this and say? this will blow over like everything else is blown over. Like they mm-hmm. feel like the sexual harassment stuff is kind of blown over. Um, do, do you really think like that, that this is one of those where it's like, Oh, we'll find, we'll find Snyder and uh, punish the team, but nothing will really come of it. Or do you think like, this is it. This is the final. Are you joining that camp of like, it's the final straw? No, I, here's a, I don't, I don't join that camp of the final straw. You know, I don't really subscribe to this whole, you know, I hate Dan Snyder movement, hashtag fire Dan Snyder, which is stupid because he owns the team. Um, You know, I just, my thing is, is that until I see a report that says Dan Snyder is selling the team, because it's not like they're going to take the team from him. He's got to sell it, right? And you got to find somebody that's willing to buy it, you know, and, you gotta and, and the thing and these and these type of issues, you know, whether it's sexual harassment allegations or potential fraudulent um, accounting practices, or uh, you know, mishandling of the rollout of the name, or uh, whatever you think of, it it just seems as though that he's Teflon Dan, and nothing is really going to take him down. And I think that. You know, and I've said this before, you know, it would be precedent if you if you do get rid of him and everything. But again, I think there's this cottage industry of people that anything that Dan Snyder has done, um, they're going to put it out there because there's clearly people out there who don't want him to own this team. So you really got to you really got to marry up like allegations versus proof. Like until there's like a court proceeding, until the NFL says we're going to sue Washington for these, you know, deceptive accounting practices or until someone has a lawsuit or like a, a civil lawsuit against Dan Snyder for the sexual harassment claims, you know, you can congressional hearings are more um pomp and circumstance and, and theater than they're actually, you know, leading to some type of legal ramification and you know against Dan Snyder and even if you do take him to court I mean the guy's still rich so you better have deep pockets if you're going to go to war with him in the court of law so I'm not really sold that he is gone I think unless he does something so egregious so embarrassing so detrimental to the bottom line of the NFL um I think he's going to still be a part of the team. And I think and I think the clue to that was last week when they had the owners meeting and one of the journalists asked Roger Goodell about Dan Snyder. And Roger Goodell clearly stated that Tanya Snyder is handling the day-to-day operations of the team. So that's the other shoe to drop is that he can always push Tanya out there to be the face of the franchise, assume more command and control, and fall back either into more obscurity and still keep the team. He still owns the team, which is ultimately the end game, is maintaining ownership of the team. Well, and I hear you on that. I... I wonder if there is some of the feeling of that, you know, you weather the congressional storm, hopefully things turn more positively for you. Like in, in the NFL and Dan Snyder view, like things will turn more positively for you after the upcoming election. 
you know, then you stop being the focus of congressional hearings. Um, but I wonder two things. I wonder if this is if you do have like you have the minority owners, right? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Who knew who, who may have known what was going on? Obviously, this uh, Jason Friedman. Um, he was a 20 year exec with the team. Mm-hmm. So you think he was around for 20 years, probably knew something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got um, what I find interesting is that we're, we're in for a stadium deal. Like Washington uh, commanders are trying to get the stadium deal. And apparently uh, it's come out that the Virginia, well, Virginia is really wanting the commanders to come build their new stadium in, in here in Virginia or there in Virginia. They're only going to give them 300 million to maybe 350 million of a $3 billion stadium. And <laughs> New York, uh, you know, the bills are right now working on a deal. Uh, the bills are, are getting 850 million in public funding for a $1.4 billion stadium. Right. And even the state of Tennessee is working on a deal uh, to give the Tennessee Titans 500 million. So the most expensive stadium on the most expensive land of all these deals involves is the least amount of money. And I just, I wonder if it's one of those where you're, your owner is so toxic. No one wants to deal with them. Like, yeah, we'll do the deal, but we're not going to give you what you want. Cause we don't like them. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that's a big part of it. Um, that would ultimately force the other owners to go like, yeah, this guy isn't really, um, you know, he's not producing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I think that's a great question and everything. And I, I, I it remains to be seen what can he even afford it? Can he, do, yeah. I mean, does he have $2.6 billion to pick the difference? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. But, I mean, then you fundraise, right? You get the naming rights type of situation, the sponsorship. Who's buying their stuff, though? Have we even yeah. – I haven't seen any data yet on – like, remember, we, we talked about, like, oh, it'll be the, mm. like the, the best-selling gear, mm. like, as soon as they launch the name, right? Yeah. And then – there's uh i doubt it it's still <laughs> like yeah. i haven't seen any big overwhelming like ooh commanders like yes. no i have not well i maybe around I the draft know. yeah i always this is what i always said about this team I, and i said this at when the name changed you know i said and people didn't think i was they didn't listen to me but that redskins name had tremendous value with the hardcore fan base, like those guys that were going to, that were going to support the team through thick and thin, you know, because of that name, that history around that name. And when they, when they changed the name, you know, I don't care. People can play around if they want to, but that took a lot of energy out of this fan base. Sure. And, um, and it would be different if, Washington had like a North Carolina Tar Heels type of run in the NFL and were winning games. And, you know, that would have gotten people fired up behind the team. But again, you change the name, you're getting constant bad press from your owner, from sexual harassment to bad business practices to now potentially separate accounting books, you know, 
to a losing team, you know, you know, your star power is limited at best. You know, it's just like there's nothing, nothing right now that this team can hang its hat on where people can say, hey, let me get behind this team. You know, not, so, not even not even Anheuser-Busch or, or Ambev yeah. wants to get behind the team. I mean, they dropped a four million dollar sponsorship. Right. They're just right. one of uh one of six franchises that that doesn't benefit from this. Like Right. At some point, right? Like you go this this thing isn't worth anything because of my ownership. Like you become right. an impediment to its own success. Yeah. Right. Like you remember maybe, Alex yeah. Alex Smith came out there, you know, and he's like, "Oh mm. man, playing there is tough." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz of all the drama. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like you know I, I go I mean I, I know I sound like a broken record, a beating a dead horse, or you know deja vu, whatever you want to call it, but I'm just gonna keep on pressing the point. Like they, there's a there's a there's a cadre, a coalition, a group, you know, of people that are in the media, that are in the business world, that are NFL insiders. There's a host of folks that want him gone, right? They like and they're, and and as long as Dan Snyder is the owner of this team, any misdeed, great or small, is going to get pushed out in the media. You know, and he, and I mean, and it's going to continue to be pushed out to the media until he he sells the team or he's no longer on Earth. You know, or you know whatever. Nice. But I mean, I'm I'm serious. Like I I I think that he has such a bad reputation. You know. That you know, folks are just coming for him. Like I, I mean, I'm thinking about some of the bad owner. Like I mean, like uh, I mean, heck, Donald Sterling didn't get treated this bad, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, of course he, you know, he was using racial epithets, so you know that escalated to a uh, a significant well, level. But but I think it, all right, even if you draw the conclusion of like, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, Donald Sterling, good example. Mm-hmm. The NBA, you had to have an owner that understood, like, yeah. I got to go like, mm-hmm. this isn't working for me. The players said, Hey, I'm not playing for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And the NBA was willing to facilitate. And, and the sad thing about all these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Is Donald Sterling got promoted to billionaire as yeah. a result of this, right? Like he said something stupid uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and awful. And mm-hmm. he gets promoted to billionaire. Yeah. And in the case with, uh, you, you know, you, you name any other of these owners that did something stupid got thrown out, mm-hmm. they get promoted to billionaire. Uh, Jerry Richardson, you know, like mm-hmm. we we love to fans always conflate what happened here in Carolina versus you know what Daniel Snyder's doing, and the reality is that is that Richardson wanted to go, like right. he had a plan in place, and so it was easier to just walk away and to still you know, to not be a pariah. And I don't think we're here yet. I mean, I, 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 I think for me, and, and maybe this is just, I don't know that anything removes Daniel Snyder that we know of. I, 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 I agree with that. I you agree know. with that. But I mean, I mean here, yeah, I will say, I will say this before we go before I, I, I'll let you continue, but I, I don't think anything removes him, but I will say this, that 31 other owners are also in business with him, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have now 
it, it, and maybe the reason why nothing can move him because there has nothing risen to the level to move him yet. But if I'm one of 31 other owners and this machine which used to be one of the most profitable teams uh, franchises in the world is now kind of an embarrassment and isn't producing for anything. You kind of see this as like a hostile takeover, mm-hmm. right? You're like, Oh, we got this information. We can use this information to get this person moved aside because it's, you know, we, we can, we couldn't do it before. We didn't have the evidence. Now we have the evidence mm-hmm. and we can move somebody in here who can take this franchise from being a, uh, a laughing stock to something respectable, hopefully respectable mm-hmm. once again. Right. No, yeah. I think that, I think that's a valid point right there. I, I think that, um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a messy situation that we're dealing with, 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 um, Daniel Snyder, I th- I think that um, you know all of the social capital um, that an owner should have to endear him with the community and the the local leaders, um, the citizens. Um, he's in a deficit. Like he's you know he's <laughs> in the red. Like he had he we has think the- that though. But I mean, yeah. clearly there are people coming to his defense even. Yeah. Even in all the congressional hearings, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, banana land, yeah, it, it, true, true, true. But I, I guess the thing about it is, is that you know, you know, squeaky wheel gets the oil, right? And I guess in this case, would be the oil would be it is forcing him to sell the team. But again, if it, it, this this isn't about media clicks, right? Um, I think this is about, do you have hardcore evidence to show that he's actually engaged in fraudulent business practices? And number two, did he create a buffer system to where if someone actually executed this program, he is a fall guy. So he doesn't. Was Bruce Allen the fall guy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he could easily play play a Bruce Allen. Oh, Bruce Allen's fault. You know, Bruce yeah, Allen did he, that. He came up you with know. this. Remember he came up with that? The- yeah other issues before yeah right yeah right. I, I i do wonder that like yeah is that going to be the case that's what he's done mm-hmm. so far right successful yeah i mean the other, the other thing too that gets lost in translation and i know people don't want to give dan snyder credit for this right but his hires post bruce allen have been really good hires right i mean no one can argue that coach ron rivera has brought stability to the team you know it's, i mean you know we're not you know competing for conference championships or something like that but you know we're you know the the football side of things is not messy anymore right we're not picking messy players you're not seeing all this um off the field drama i mean i, I know you had some issues with the shazer everett and everything like that that was unfortunate but you didn't have like a um just rampant, you know, misdeeds by the team. And then the players that did do that, he separated with them. I mean, look what he did with Dwayne Haskins. You got to say bringing in Jason Wright was a good hire. I mean, Jason Wright is bright, intelligent, you know, forward-thinking, definitely a modern NFL president. I mean, the way he engages with the fans, um, you know, is you know, pretty pretty solid. Um, his business acumen is pretty strong. Um, you definitely can't argue against bringing on Julie Donaldson, uh, you know, as being the VP of, you know, of marketing and content, 
creation. And then the other thing too, when you when the NFL is being criticized for a lack of diversity and and at their uh, at their uh, their front office level, their coaching level, you know, Washington is is the is the model team for diversity. I mean, you have a a, a Latin Latino head coach, an African American team president, a, a a senior woman, a senior vice president for media content who's a woman for the team. I mean, they are leading in that regard. And I say all that to say that. Dan Snyder has presided over reforms of the team. And a lot of the things that we're talking about are things that happened prior to he made these reforms and prior to a lot of these stories coming out. And I wonder if, because he's separated with the whole Allen uh, entourage, because again, you know, I mean, I mean, um, Bruce Allen's brother was George Allen, who, you know, was a former governor of Virginia, ran for the United States Senate. Uh, his dad was the coach of the team. So they're a pretty powerful family. So, you know, by Bruce Allen being unceremoniously fired for the team, did that start like this, you know, revenge tour where because he knows where all the bodies are buried, he can get stories leaked out, you know, constantly. Yeah, I know I might be wearing my tinfoil hat right now, but I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility, you know, to really try to embarrass Dan Snyder and just make his tenure as owner so, you know, dreadful that he's like, you might own the team, but I'm going to make you suffer until you give it up. So just something to think about. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think that it's not over by any stretch, but no, no, um, you know, it could be a situation where if there is data that comes out, if there you get hard evidence before, you know, the fall before November, Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe there is some action. Right. Um, I just, you know, the thing that I do fear is that every time there's an ownership change, every owner wants their own people. Right. Yeah. And so that means we start back from square one again. And the last time we went through an ownership change, we lost quarterbacks. We lost great players. We lost. Eventually, we ended up losing Champ Bailey. Um Mm. You know, like there were just there was so much unrest and unease that I'm not saying I'm not I am not in any way saying that sticking this course is the right thing in any capacity. Right. But I always also say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because, you know, it's funny as I I I follow Mark Mosley's son. And he's been out on Twitter every day, you know, mm-hmm. asking for Jeff Bezos to come buy the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, careful what you wish for, mm-hmm. because, I mean, everybody's going to want their own thing. Everybody's going to want their own guy. Mm-hmm. And for the front office being a complete train wreck disaster, for the most part, the coaching side has been has been OK. Yeah, has been has been better than it had been. Uh, I will ask you one coaching side question, though, and that is: you saw the deal that um, uh, you know all the all the all the um, wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, got his mm-hmm. got his deal up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It was one hundred forty million dollars. I thought it was one hundred and four. Uh, hmm? I thought it was one hundred and four extension. One hundred and four uh, mil. Okay, still pretty I, good. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. He he can he can do pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, four year, one hundred and four million dollars. Is Washington messing up by not signing Terry McLaurin before these deals take place? Well, yeah, I think they are messing up because you know now he can kind of look at the market and, and see what these receivers are getting. You you you, you see what uh Devonte Adams got. You see what Diggs got. Um, you know, the more players assign these deals, you know, he'll have, um, you know, definite ammunition to say what he should get. I mean, the bottom line is that if you're going to keep Terry McLaurin, you're going to be be north of a hundred million. Um, you know, you're probably thinking between. Um, I, I was listening to uh, the Washington. And football talk podcast. They still haven't changed their name yet. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, I'm waiting for the pod party so I can go to the the name change mm-hmm. event. Um, but I know Pete Haley was saying somewhere around like four years, ninety million, and uh, Mitch was saying like maybe like five years, one twenty five, something like that. So I think that somewhere Terry's going to be somewhere in the middle about that. But I think I think letting this drag on it just becomes another distraction for this team. And I think that this team needs to understand that they need to minimize distractions because of the whole Washington media derangement syndrome uh, cottage industry of just tearing his team apart. You know, again, Dan Snyder taking Mike Florio's lunch money, lunch money. Um, and he holds a grudge about that, writing all these horrible stories about him. So I think it, it would behoove them to get the deal done sooner rather than later. Um, you know, because again, I think Terry's a good soldier, but I think the longer he has to wait, the less affinity he's going to have with the team, and he might just put himself in an open market and you know get paid elsewhere because he will get paid if he put himself in an open market. Oh yeah, totally. I, I have no doubt, and I think that people that sleep on on Terry McLaurin because he doesn't have the numbers um, need only you know that that's a kind of a, a silly way to look at it because he also has had nobody throwing to him and this year i think hopefully we'll be good you know i think carson wentz uh like him or hate him he mm-hmm. can get the ball down the field he can find receivers he's gonna have one of the best um in the game right now and to be interesting to see like what they go and they you know what is you know does washington go and get one of the other ohio state wide receivers to to pair with them because that'd be really intriguing um, cause you get like young talent, uh, but then you also got to take care of your current guys. And, right. and I, I've, you know, what kind of, we said this when we had Mitch Tischler on the show is I hate to see the talent that this team has and can produce and is good at finding and good at developing. And they walk out the door for nothing. And right. that would just be a complete, I think that would be the biggest, one of the biggest debacles that this team would have endured. Maybe like, since losing, letting Preston Smith walk, right? You know, yeah, they'd probably be, you think that yeah, that'd probably be about good good comparison, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I think you're looking at McLaurin's numbers. So this guy's got 222 receptions, like th- uh, 30. I mean, like 3,090 uh, yards. So he's averaging a thousand yards a year a pop. You know, first year he was just a shade under a thousand with nineteen. Yeah, that's an injury. An injury, uh, you know, he's, he's you know he's averaging like almost fourteen yards a catch, uh, sixteen touchdowns. I mean, he's got you know really strong numbers. The past two seasons been over a thousand yards, over, um, over 
77 receptions uh, the last two years. The guy's on the upswing. You know, he hasn't even really cracked his full potential yet. So, you know, he's a key piece that you can build an offense around. He's an attractive weapon to any quarterback. I agree with you having, you know, a signal caller like Carson Wentz that does have some arm strength. You know, we could see, you know, maybe Terry getting somewhere in that uh, 12 to 1300 yard range, um, especially if he's get a good complimentary secondary wide receiver, whether that's Curtis Samuel, Diami Brown, or someone they, uh, they pick up in the draft, you know, and then, you know, I, I think that right now we don't have a lot of star power in Washington right now. I mean, None. you know, you got I mean, you got Terry Chase on one Young. side, Chase Young, but I would think Chase Young has kind of diminished a bit because of, you know, how pedestrian his yeah. so, so sophomore season was. Yeah, Not to yeah. say he can't come back, you know, stronger than ever. You hope he does. But we don't have a lot of assets right now to really – market the team and get people invested in the team. And I think playing around with Terry McLaurin, all it does is feed the beast that that generates more negative narratives about the Washington commanders, you know, and, you know, get the man signed, put it behind you and, uh, and move forward. You know, that that's what I would say. But again, you know, I'm just a fan, you know, don't listen to me. Well, I mean, Spotrack, the blog Spotrack, which keeps track of all the, the mm-hmm. salary cap numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. They put Terry McLaurin's value mm-hmm. at four years, ninety-seven million, only behind Cooper Cup. He was ahead of DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, and Deontay Johnson. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. what I find interesting and kind of related back to the draft is Chris Olive from Ohio State said, "Quote: Terry McLaurin was like a big brother to me." Mm-hmm. And so if you have the ability to bring a guy to this organization and kind of keep that system in place of like good mm-hmm. talent, good mm-hmm. character, good quality. I mean, now you're really opening up. Now you get him somebody that can throw him the ball. Yeah. They haven't had. If you get, if, if all those things click. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're not talking about all the nonsense that this team is. Is sadly been doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah. We get to talk about stuff on the field. You know, and the interesting thing too is like with Washington, right? You know, I don't, I don't think uh, um, we're in, a, we're we're in a situation where we can have a better season this year. Like Carson Wentz. Oh, totally. Oh, we're gonna have I an mean, uh, yeah. easier schedule potentially. Yeah. I mean, you playing dark play schedule. I mean, we're not. I mean, we're not playing a Merc. Yeah, we we have a better quarterback, and we're not playing a murderous row of genetically enhanced super quarterbacks like we did last year. You know, I mean, we did beat Tom Brady. Well, we did beat Tom Brady. Yeah, it was a highlight. Um, But uh, you know, again, you know, you need weapons. I mean, if you look at the Rams, they got weapons all over the field. You look at Tampa Bay, they got weapons. You know, you look at Green Bay. Well, you looked at Green Bay last year. I don't know what kind of weapons they got now. So, uh, <laughs> they don't. They, have, they don't. We're, we're weaponless. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but again, like this, you know, because of the the nature of the NFC East right now, um, you know, Carson Wentz could be just good enough to whereas we can be in that conversation to maybe, you know, make a run for the NFC East title. It, I mean, because Dallas, you know, they're, they, they're losing players. And so they're a little unstable right now. But um, you, you don't know. But again, you got to I mean, you got to make moves, you know, 
if you're trying to win in the NFL, like this is this is they don't give out participation trophies in the NFL. It's about productivity. And everybody in Ashburn needs to feel like they're under the gun because they are. Coach Rivera and his whole staff need to be under the gun. Jason Wright needs to be under the gun because they need to get the stadium deal done. Because really, if there's a word to describe the Washington Commanders right now, it's stagnant. This team is stagnant. We haven't made the postseason since, what, 2015? Well, no, we made the postseason year before last. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the NFC East. Yeah, well, we haven't had a we haven't had a winning record in five oh, years. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been and that, that's time. that's what it is. Like that, uh, you know, that uh, twenty twenty uh, campaign kind of uh, got me a bit. But what I'm saying is that if you know, winning solves a lot of problems, right? If we're if we're winning football games, people aren't necessarily concerned about bookkeeping. You know, we're winning football games. People aren't concerned about how nice or mean Dan Snyder is. You know. And I think the, as long as the team is stagnant and as long as the team is losing, those stories, the Mike Florio stories, uh, Dan Snyder took my milk money stories, gain traction with a big audience. And there's a fertile environment of fans who are so angry at the losing that they just consume so much negativity. And it's become a feedback loop, right? So it's I think really it's, it's on um, Coach uh, Rivera – to try to get this team on a win, playing winning football, and uh, and maybe kind of remove some of the stink that's with this team right now. Yeah, well, I would say the final thing in all this is, you know, kind of watch, watch what happens because, yeah. you know, we had two days ago Ben Standig of the Athletic says that teams are inquiring to Washington, so maybe if Washington mm-hmm. goes up and gets a receiver, takes a receiver. In the first round, mm-hmm. and they go get one of those Ohio State receivers. Maybe they do move from Terry. Maybe they, which would be, I, I think, a mistake because not only do you have a guy who is shown he can be one of the best in the league, but he's a quality guy. And you don't have one, you know, you have two good quality guys. You don't need to just have one. But yeah, yeah and move on from your other mistakes too. Move on from if Curtis Samuel was a mistake signing, move on from. I know that that's not right. a Ron Rivera thing. But that's yeah. what you need to do. Right. Um, if you, if you, you know, kind of like um, the Colts did with Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah. they they felt he was a mistake. They they moved on. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't need to sell your host, or, or you don't need to have your your whole resume on the back of one player. Right. You admit that you made a mistake. You move on, and you go live to fight another day. Last word, uh, Maurice, bring it home for us. What happens? In the draft? or We do have the draft coming up. It's around yeah. the corner. Does, does Washington does Washington do something? Does Washington move Terry McLaurin? Are you going to be in the Washington moves Terry McLaurin and, and number 17, who's been all over all the commander stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never plays a game in a commander's gear. <laughs> Wait, I think I think right. I think Coach Rivera's charge is what does he need to do to make his team better so they can compete in this league, right? Because last year we just you know outside of Terry, 
we didn't have any weapons, right? We didn't, you know, like Logan Thomas was hurt most of the season. You know, Curtis Samuel was hurt most of the season. Antonio Gibson did some work. I mean, he was a thousand yard runner, but I mean, you know, I mean, he was solid. He was consistent, but he wasn't like dynamic and game changing, you know, anything like that. We need, we need some, we need some, um, some game changers, you know, we need some playmakers, you know, and I think the question for Coach Rivera and his staff is that do they lean in and dedicate tremendous financial resources into Terry McLaurin, or do they use him to maybe try to get more players through the draft and, uh, and through trade uh, to improve the team overall? That 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 remains to be seen. Like I would not, you know, lean in on Curtis Samuel being a primary weapon just given his injury history, but. You know, I I also think too. I can see Washington trading back with another team and getting more picks because we need more players. You know, that's that's key. We need more players. So you know, you know here's the thing like, though. And all right, I know I gave you the last word. I lied. I lied to your face. It's okay. But here's the yeah. thing, right? To mm-hmm. the to the guy that wants to trade back, to the guy that thinks that the draft fixes everything. Mm-hmm. Look at last year's draft. Right. How well did that work out? Who do we have that really produced out of that draft? A tight end, a guy on uh, on the line, uh, offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, like nope. Our our first round linebacker didn't do nothing. Right. Or you, you know, like uh, you know, they're in their better draft class classes, mm-hmm. whatever. But don't think that like, hey, let's just. I think it's stupid to say, yeah, we can go ahead and get somebody this season. It doesn't matter. Like we'll no. we'll trade it. We'll get more assets. We'll take more bites of the apple. Well, clearly, whatever whatever formula or whatever you were doing to decide which players are going to be worthwhile for you last season, that plan stunk because yeah. it produced nothing. So, and and maybe it's the COVID year. Maybe and maybe that was a big part of it, right? It's just harder to evaluate players. Mm-hmm. If your players played, you didn't really know what you were dealing with. But right. come on. You, you don't I, get to. It, I don't know that we should always sit back and think that the draft is going to be what like one good draft. And this team is you know, this team's had great drafts, opportunities to draft great players for twenty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I I I agree with that. I I think that uh, I think this fan base needs to come to realization. We have to rebuild. Right, uh, that, you, nobody yeah. needs to rebuild nothing. That's a scam. Oh, okay, rebuild I mean, is a scam. I mean, about so you you know so so what so what what player could Washington bring in where we immediately become you know a significant playoff threat? Nobody, because nobody wants to come play here. Exactly, exactly. So you gotta you gotta rebuild. You know, I mean. I mean, but I can't like you can't I mean, rebuild in this league. You really can't. You know, you know how you rebuild? Go get a quarterback. Yeah, everything else falls in place. Yeah, that's, no, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, mean that's, actually, that's the Bengals were in the in the Super Bowl, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they they drafted a great quarterback and Joe Barrow. You know, um, if they had know, Ryan Rams. Finley at quarterback, you know, would they be saying like, oh, if we only had a quarterback, right? Yeah, it would yeah, be a exactly. very, very average four-win team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. 
I mean, that's what I mean. The, I mean, the, the AFC North quietly is that's going to be quite interesting. The quarterback. I mean, you got Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and the, the Steelers. I don't know. I mean, uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Dwayne was, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins. Somebody called uh, Mitch Trubisky Mitch Trubisky. Sound like an Italian pasta well, dish or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it could be. Uh, look, the, the Steelers could be doing that. Like, hey, you know what? Let's go get this guy for a season. He'll stink. Yeah. We'll get somebody next year. Yeah. And, no, and Mike Tomlin's no. got the, you know, Mike Tomlin has got the record that he yeah. can, he's not going to worry about having a bad season. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's no pressure on Mike Tomlin right now. The Steelers, uh, you know, they are, they, they're very comfortable with him. I mean, the, I mean, the team that he took to the playoffs last year, you know, that, I mean, it, you know, as sporadic as they played play last year, yeah. you know, that was probably one of his most impressive um, coaching jobs. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We have just a couple of weeks to go until we get to the draft and see what, uh, Coach Rivera and the front office there decide to do. I've got it in. With uh, you know, a a personal friend is related to a front office person. So I already I gave him the good word. I said mm. no on Mr. Trubisky when that was still an option. Right. And I said sign Terry McLaurin. Mm. So one of two has happened. Let's hope it all happens. I hope it let's let's see what happens. All right. Mm. Well, we'll see. And if it happens before next week, we'll jump on, we'll talk about it. Otherwise, yeah, we'll be back here talking. Hey, look, there's going to be more news because this team never, this team doesn't stop making news. I mean, you know? Mike Florio Mike <laughs> is writing a hate piece on uh, Dan Snyder right, well, right now. Don't, don't do stuff <laughs> to get hate pieces written about. That's all Facts. I'll say about that. Facts. All right. Till next time. Till next time.